0: You're listening to the Oz TV Podcast, only on the Oz Network.
1: Welcome to the Oz Network, as we are breaking with 24's formula, and we are not bringing you episode one and two back-to-back. We're making you wait a week the way that it used to be back in the good old days, uh, the innocent times, as Ben calls it at 24, as we're here to talk about the second part of the two-night premiere of season four, episode two, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. from day four. Uh, only one writer, Howard Gordon, only one director, John Cassar, and only one Jack Bauer, and he's no longer on heroin. Um, and only one Ronnie LaBelle, as oh, Canada's entertainment shows uh let us believe this season was gonna be all about. Uh my name is Colin and take off your clothes.
0: Cool, Mr. Hilding. Uh, <laughs> right now? What'd you do if I did? What would you do if I literally got naked right now?
1: Um, I don't think I would be on the line long enough for you to finish.
0: uh, Well, that's what all the girls say when I take my clothes off. Uh, And my name is Ben, and I'm really not in the mood to play the part of Scared Student in the principal's office. (laughs)
1: Uh, But he is in the mood to take off his clothes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Take off your clothes.
1: (laughs) Can can I ask, I, I was wondering this during the last episode we recorded, what is on your shirt?
0: It's Esther. This is Esther Ledecka. Oh, I was looking. I'm
1: like, Mm. I'm like, is that the robot from the day the earth stood still? Where's Keanu? No, Um, this is, um, go.
0: this is the Ben cannot get a Esther Ledecka shirt shipped from the Czech Republic because they weren't shipped to Australia. So he went to a custom t-shirt, stole her logo and made one myself. So uh, this is my Esther Ledecka t-shirt. I need to do that. Yeah. So, Yeah.
1: Send me your logo. Maybe I'll do it one of these Queen days. We'll have matching shirts. Queen when we Esther. get the when we get the interview on off the podium of Esther Ledecka, we will have matching shirts. Oh, you're not on that um, episode.
0: That's just me and her. You, you, yeah, you, you know, it's sure. With the defer deferral point this is I'm apparently not allowed. You'll, on that you'll
1: one. be bumped. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, episode two of the two night premiere. Uh. The the second of four episodes. Um. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a good episode. I think that uh, coming into the season, I was questioning some of your your hot takes on maybe issues with season four and on. And I see some of them here already in episode two. But I don't know. I just, I love season four. And I think season four for me is very similar to season three. And that so much of the early stuff in the season, it just, it had the right, but maybe it's because season two was such a, a mess and like throw everything you can at you and, you know, hope something sticks that I love the patience and story building in season four. Um, I do kind of wish that we had some patience in Jack Bauer cause he does seem very erratic already in season four, but it's a solid episode. It's a solid episode two to, uh, the episode one. I think
0: season four is the first real season where you really just get into the Jack Bauer power hour more and more. And that basically, I think the writers at this point are just going, okay, Jack Bauer's basically a superhero. He can get away with whatever the fuck he wants. And Mm -hmm. for the most part, that's why we tune into 24 and we love it. And I hate the fact that I'm going to criticize it a lot in the future, but it's still amazing. It's that weird thing where it's like, it's silly, but it's also great because again, Bring up the Tony Almeida example. How has this guy gone to jail for treason and all this kind of crap that we got at the end of last season? Yeah, Jack Bowers literally in the last episode shot a guy in the leg. Who did he work for? Then next minute he's out in the field getting poor old Ronnie LaBelle killed and everything's fine and hunky-dory. So, like, it's just, okay, Jack, you talk scallywag you, Jack, off you go. Um, So, yeah, but, like, again, that's what made this show so popular. And we're not even – we've not even – reached the peak of this show. That's next season. It's it's one of these weird shows where basically the universally loved season isn't even in the first couple. You know, it's it's more than halfway through. But, yeah, look, it's, it's entertaining. I think season four just it's a solid season and this is what you get and we're going to get some lows. But even the lows of season four are not super low, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, this is a good episode. It's not as good as last week's but it, it's got some good stuff going on there. There's definitely some things I'm questioning about it. Chloe's not in the mood for anything this week, apparently, but she trusts Jack more than like, And again, big problem. How? Why is Chloe so in love with Jack and trust him? Barely knew him last season, but sure. Uh, you're muted, by the way, Boomer. Just by the way, I can't hear any of your reactions at the moment. Um, that's but, the way I intended it. That's the way you intended it. I don't need to give that Waterworth <laughs> reactions, but um, yeah, it's good episode.
1: Uh, this one should breeze by because unlike most 24s, I mean, a lot of stories are grouped together here still, or they're so small that they don't really deserve their own place. I've um, heard that I'm before. going to <laughs> frequently. <laughs> um, he almost heard it. If he had proceeded with taking off his clothes, he would have heard it again. Try that
0: again. It's so small that it doesn't hold his place. There we go. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm going to start with the, uh, we'll call them the others. Uh, so this will be our, Araz family and our Andrew Page. Oh, poor Andrew Page. He's really suffering. Lighten, up. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in some back. I kn- I had a feeling we we're gonna disagree on her. So I, I I called in a favor to our longtime listener, uh, my brother, uh, to kind of get his opinions <laughs> on a few of the characters that I figure we're gonna disagree with here. Uh, so we'll we'll get to her in a second. But uh, first, let's start off with the Andrew Page stuff. So um, Andrew Page has called his mom. He's still on his bike. He's scared. Now, you know, this reminded me of, and maybe it's because I watched it within the last couple of weeks, but, you know, Enemy of the State, the Mm. Will Smith, of course, you know, Enemy of the State, the Will Smith movie. Um, Enemy of the State, uh, there's uh, the Jason Lee character that kind of kicks off that movie where he discovers the footage or whatever. And uh, he gets chased by all the villains in the movie. And he he basically escapes on like a a skateboard or a bike or whatever. And this is what kind of reminds me. This is just Enemy of the State. It's like the poor kid who... Good morning, Jamie. Freak me out. Your fridge opened in the background. I'm like, you got a ghost? <laughs> you see a
0: hand pop up out of it. Oh, um, Casper comes out. Yeah. Daddy, let me out of
1: the freezer. It's a winner. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Andrew Page here is totally envious to stating it, uh, just running scared. He calls his mom. Who else are you going to go to but your mom? um he uh tries to tell her was going people are trying to kill me i love her first response is, andrew you're just being paranoid <laughs> take your pills take your pills son <laughs> do
0: you want to go back into the padded
1: room <laughs> <laughs> but then like she says okay go to your friend's house like which friend go to your friend's house like he has one friend he just knows which house to go which to i had a friend uh, yeah, you don't have a, a friend. Well, you got a house to go to now. Uh, I like your new surroundings. Yeah, I'm,
0: this is. I just want to say this backdrop is basically the summary of my life right now. This is the first time <laughs> in my life I've ever actually lived by myself. Um, and given <laughs> there's that there's
1: nothing in the room,
0: <laughs> There's like literally my house is so empty right now because I have arrived in Sydney, gotten a place, had to buy furniture from scratch and deliver it <laughs> myself. I don't have a car. Like it's been an interesting week, but like this void is my life right now ben lives by himself and it's empty so yeah
1: i i saw you posting your status about your your move without a car and everything it it took me back to uh uh, a move that i had when i was living my own i only was moving i don't know how many blocks it would be but it was about a 10 minute walk and it was from apartment to apartment and everything was very rushed and uh uh i had some help during the day on one day i had some help you know uh during the evening that same day and then whatever was left over, I moved myself. And I was basically walking, I'd fill a box and I would walk it for about 10 minutes at one o'clock in the morning to my new apartment, double back and walk another box at 1.30 in the morning. So yeah, uh, I've been there. It's not fun. No, it's
0: it's not. And then, yeah, you got to rely on deliveries. You got a new job. And then uh, it's like a 10-minute bus trip to the the shopping center. You can get a bunch of shit, but then it's like, it's not carryable on a bus. So then you got to get an Uber and then you got to like rely on Ubers looking at you weirdly like, going like why are you carrying a microwave in here um, and going to Ikea? It's, it's been fun. So my point is I'd like to have a friend to help me carry a microwave. Um, so if you're listening and you live in Sydney, uh, you can email me at lonely at com.
1: Ben, the real life Andrew Page. He doesn't even have a bike. He's not even Andrew Page. I don't know how to ride a bike.
0: Uh, I'm 35 you, and I don't you, know how to ride a bike. You've never ridden a bike? Never ridden a bike.
1: Never. oh wow mm. um see we actually we would love to teach casper to ride a bike but we don't trust him because he already can don't outrun us a
0: walk <laughs> exactly <laughs> <He's> yeah scary
1: <laughs> we we thought oh, do we do want to get him a bike but it was funny is at his school he's already had one escape from his school this week, uh, which is this week well we get a little notebook sent home they're like he did try to run but we caught him pretty quickly uh but they actually talked about getting him a bike to just take him to the bathroom at school because they're like He'll be slower on a bike than he will on foot, so maybe we transport him from classroom to bathroom on a bike, so he doesn't get away from us so quickly. Um, but yeah, my kid will be Andrew Page too. Um, anyways, so uh, we see some suspicious guy looking in the window as Andrew's talking to his mom, and this guy is going to become our henchman of the week. Uh, and weeks, actually. Uh,
0: you get him. You get him for a few weeks. This guy.
1: Yeah, I was wondering how much we, because I, I know with with uh, our villain Omar, we'll get to him in a second. I mean, he's basically just default villain until Marwan comes in. I don't know if I can't remember if there's any overlap between.
0: No, them. Marwan's actually he's only in, in a couple weeks away. Like he gets introduced quite early.
1: Oh, okay. Is is Omar still there? Like, yeah, do they overlap?
0: They they do. Um, it's I mean, again, this is a uniqueness of season four. Though. as soon as you meet Marwan, like you're expecting there to be other villains, but Marwan's the main villain. He gets introduced very yeah. early. But no, this this henchman, creepy guy in the window. Um, he's involved in the, uh, the, the holdup, uh, that we get. So, uh, yeah, this guy sticks around for a little bit.
1: All right. Well, I mean, he, he very quickly kills Andrew Page's mom, because the next time we see him, he's basically listening in on the phone call as Andrew's calling Chloe. Um, we'll get to the other side of that conversation a little bit later. Uh, but, uh, I don't know how he listens in from home. Like Andrew Page is on a cell phone to CTU and yet he's like, I've tapped into their landline that Andrew Page has somehow also tapped into. I think you see into. there's a
0: cell phone on the desk. So I'm assuming he's like killed the mom and then like connected to the number because it was the last number that called. So he's pinged the number. Come on, Colin. We all know that's Isn't how it? 2004, 5, whatever this was, technology worked.
1: I mean, I'm going to try that with Ben's phone later. Uh, I'm sure it works by now. <laughs> all
0: the calls you will be yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: desperately, <laughs> from all his friends,
0: <laughs> desperately uh, very empty on that. Uh, like ben, the-
1: I saw your status. You need help moving?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the way.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have the henchman here who makes a phone call, um, and uh, he's calling Navi, Navi or Oz. Uh so obviously connecting all the villains here. And Navi basically says, Find out who we talked to and kill him. Uh the next time we catch up with Andrew Page, he's gonna be in the uh the train station. So more on that to come. Uh and uh the other part of the others, the Araz family. So uh Navi takes a call. Dina is basically saying we shouldn't be giving the briefcase to Baruz. He's not ready for this. Navi says, no, nah, but that's the plan. I don't want to deviate from the plan. So they give Baruz the briefcase. He takes it down to drop off at the base um, of the, the the villain layer, and um, he was followed there by who? By Debbie, who tried calling him earlier. Now, uh, I'm I'm aware that this actress, what is it, Leighton Meister or Meister? Le- Meester? Uh, Leighton Meister. Leighton Meister. Yeah. This is Adam Leighton Brody's Mister. wife, Colin Hilding. Is she married to Adam Brody in real yeah, life?
0: Been married for about oh, okay. Got a daughter together.
1: Good woman, then. Yeah. Um, all right. So I mean, she's she's definitely uh, smarter than I thought she was. Uh, so this is where I called him the backboard. Cause I was watching the episode and I know we sort of talked about it last week a little bit. And I'm like, ah, I have a feeling Ben's just going to defend her to the death, but I'm watching I'm Like, I can't stand her. She's annoying. She's so dumb. She's pointless in the show. This is everything that didn't work in seasons one, two, and three. Why are they trying it again? Um, so I, I did get my brother's opinion on her uh, and I, I'm going to read you because he, he, I can't read he, you can't read well you certainly can't read this unless you have henchman's cell phone thing um so i basically asked i'm like before we record the episode does Baru's girlfriend debbie suck or not and i also asked him if richard heller sucked because i feel like we have disagreed a little bit on him as well he put debbie isn't a good character but i do like the actress and the storyline It's just an annoying character um so he you're nodding so i'm guessing you agree Absolutely, I like. I I love Access the actress, okay.
0: but I'm I'm with you. Debbie's a downer. Debbie Downer, like she's <laughs> she's not a great character. She's annoying. She's like Thank the most you. annoying gr- girlfriend in the world. Um, but she's hot. She's late mester, and the storyline is intriguing. What we get with it, um, it's kind of just your side plot evil thing of the week. Um, I I just like who she is um the character sucks okay. but like so, it's like mesh style like if this is natalie portman the character will still suck but it's natalie portman
1: i've never seen the show but i'm aware she's in uh i guess one of the stars of that gossip girl show anything else that you you've have you seen gossip girl Do you I know her from anything I, her, I, I can't I, judge her I,
0: I legitimately have never seen her in anything but she's hot so okay. that's basically my judgment well, and she's married to adam brody like come on that's a hot no, asshole
1: yeah, that's cool. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I've seen her anything else. I don't know if her acting gets better. It certainly isn't good in this episode. That's all I'm going to say. I, um,
0: I, I, I don't, I mean, like I, I think she's like a Misha Barton. Like, y- you know, she can do what she can do. Uh, she's never yeah. going to win an Oscar, but she's also not the worst actress. Like, I mean, I, what does she really have to do with this? She's like, you are playing annoyingly clingy girlfriend, um, mm-hmm. which, and I'm also, I'm, like, she's annoyingly clingy, I'm also saying this right now, Baru's. you're a bit to blame with this, buddy. You're giving off mixed signals. You're like, I don't want anything to do with you. Next minute, oh, actually, I kind of do want something to do with you. You're thinking with your dick. I would be in your same position here, trust me. But, like, y- you know, like, and- Baru's Ber- is just week to week. You like him, he's a bit annoying. You like him, bit annoying. And then he just disappears. So, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I ever was originally annoyed with Beruz. Um, But that could be because I was more annoyed with Debbie and Richard Heller. Um, by the way, he he basically my brother basically backed up my opinion on Richard Heller. He says he's annoying, but he's meant to be annoying. So he did a good job, just, uh, I which just I think we all agree for him. With him.
0: I just like what we're going to get with these. Poor uh,
1: kids. <laughs> there's moments. Well, well, we'll cover him, I guess, a little bit uh, uh, coming up here. But I don't know how bad I feel for him because he really is obnoxious. Uh, but my brother, just to add on, he did add on here about y- about you specifically i guess because he already knew that i was gonna uh, backspin on this is, if he has an issue with navi Raz, he can suck it navi is possibly my favorite secondary villain in 24 wow and then i basically said we we love nestor serrano because a day after tomorrow alone he said good if i heard him criticizing i would rage quit listening what, what so what, not what, a bad what... word can be said about navi or Raz. But
0: what am i sucking um <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let's
1: let's not go there.
0: <laughs> is your brother naked? Um no, Navi's no, fine. I I don't have a, a negative opinion on him. Again, I like the actor. I, I like the Aras storyline. It's again, as we sort of touched on last week, it's um it's it's different. It's kind of straight away we know these people are evil. And it's kind of yeah. I like sort of seeing the dynamic that
1: we get with it. So no, I I don't dislike him. And and when berus comes back uh, after Debbie accused him of cheating on her, and then basically says, Oh, is it because I'm not Muslim? Which is the politest way they could say, Is it because I'm white? Yeah, like I love that they they wrote in there, is it because I'm not Muslim? Instead of writing, is it because I'm white? <laughs> um, we know where you're going with that. But when he comes back, like there's two scenes with Navi where and I love Nesta Serrano. I mean, I, I I still wanna uh encourage, you. even if we just did a one-off episode uh their season three of uh covert affairs that episode Nestor serrano has he may be like the scariest one-off villain they ever had but that same episode has sarah clark that same episode has Gregory reitz so you have like half of the 24 cast in one episode but uh you know here i i think i always remembered him as being such a great villain but like the two scenes the one where he's with dina and he's basically stroking your face it's like a seductive but i'm gonna kill you thing it's, it's like, wow, this guy is weird, um, but great. And then the scene where Beruz comes back and it's like, so was the the briefcase held out of good? And it's like, yes, yeah. so he just slaps him. I'm like, wow, this guy's incredible. Um, yeah, the Eras family, like, it, it is fantastic right from the start. And I even said last week, like, I forgot that they were all introduced as villains, like, including Baruz in episode one. I thought it was like Navi first, and then you find out they're both in on it. But I love this even more than I uh, originally thought I did.
0: It's kind of that weird thing where, you know, you're not meant to root for a villain. You're not weird like me. But, like, kind of like I'm on Team Navi here in a bit. Like this, this guy's like me. He's very structured, very planned. He's been planning for this for a long time, and he wants everything to go right. And then you got little shit Baroos here going off thinking with his dick. Uh, you know, you got overprotective mother. So, like, you know, he's got a right to slap his son and, you know, don't see the sexy white girl. Like, you know, you go off and deliver. He's got
1: a right to slap his son. <laughs>
0: Like, father's right. Slap your son. If you slap Casper a little bit, maybe he wouldn't escape. There you go, Colin.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but um, I, I, I am the Max Dawson of advice givers in the world. Just saying. Uh, I had to bring that reference up eventually. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like this is a weird thing where I was, like, I'm like, I'm team Navi here, in the fact they're like, yeah, deliver the yeah. advice, do terrorist things. Like you know, you, everything's going to plan. I like plans. Ticket it off his list. <laughs>
1: I like plans. They're coarse and rough and irritating. And get everywhere. Yes, they do. And wash um, up on a beach
0: somewhere.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. they wash up on a beach somewhere. Plans,
0: sand. <laughs> <and then
1: beach. laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the the Eras family, this is uh, one of the things that really holds it. And, and I feel like this is getting back to uh like season two I, we already mentioned this last week getting back to like season two with um was it uh sarah winters family uh what's her name again
0: uh warner kate kate warner
1: yeah the warner family but with that twist of you're gonna know right from the start you know that that somebody's a villain and not just be suspecting the whole time it's a great twist um let's cover the heller feller uh <laughs> which also will kind of intersect with the end here He's but a hell of a fella, uh, <laughs> fella. but uh I love that the police are on the scene. Like the episode literally begins and the police are arriving on the scene when the previous episode ended five seconds earlier, they were being taken. Like oh. this is the quickest response in the history of LAPD. And fuck
0: the media are great in this episode with an eight minutes yeah. they're doing a live cross count. The secretary's yeah. being kidnapped and
1: there's three
0: sides. <laughs> like could I say fucking Fox news in 2004, they were on board with things quick. And who,
1: like, who leaked that? Because they could show up on scene. We, we heard reports that the Secretary of Defense has been kidnapped. Yeah. I just love it. Yes, that's true. It's like, oh, Johnny, you weren't supposed to say it.
0: Like, again, we are always going to bring it up. 9-11. There wasn't somebody, like, eight minutes after the first plane hit guys. there's been a terrorist attack and there's three other planes in the sky that are about to crash in every five seconds and we're going to cross live to one of
1: them right now. Like, Jesus Christ. And Osama bin Laden is in a cave claiming it right now. Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, and we will kidnap him and kill him in Pakistan in, like, ten yeah. years' time. <laughs>
1: Uh, But I mean, all that really happens here is they get taken to the the villain layer here. They get introduced to uh, Omar, who's our default villain for a couple of weeks here, Um, which I I really I remember the character existed here. I really don't remember. I don't know. I feel like this is like we've seen him before. I don't think you're meant to really be blown away by Omar or particularly scared by him. Um, You know, maybe they wanted you to. And I, I don't know if I love Omar as a villain, but. He serves this purpose for what he's here for. Um, we have uh, them getting told to take off their clothes and I'll buy you an ice cream here. Uh, and this is why this show needed somebody, William Devane. I'm not knocking any actors who's come before, but even the actors we've come before, you get the impression like these are actors who are doing a great job reading the lines they have. Um, Xander Berkeley, an incredible actor, like he's one of these guys, I guess, kind of like uh, uh, William Devane here, who can really take what's on paper kind of bland and make it exciting. The way that when they say, take off your clothes, he goes, you first. Like, it's not even like typical delivery. It's it's, it's like I credited Kiefer Sutherland so much last season. Is like, he's delivering in a way that's different. And then when he's just like, oh, okay. And then he just throws his tie at them. They basically hold him down. Um, the only thing that's gonna happen with uh, the Hellerfeller <laughs> is uh, that he's going to be put on the news. This is live streamed, that he's duct taped to a chair. And they're basically saying we're going to execute him for war crimes or whatever, which is going to be the major plot for at least a couple of weeks here. I think
0: what this season does well, sort of when you meet Omar, you meet Henchman Guy, you meet sort of this group of people. And particularly when you just sort of binge this season, the yeah, one's the villain, but like all of these people are just connected and kind of form a little group. And I think that what works with that is what failed in season two when we got this, Tobin Bell guy at the end, and sort of this group, and the the whatever his name was, Adam, the blonde guy in the boat. Um, oh, yeah, like that was kind of intriguing that you've got like this syndicate group controlling stuff. And we talked about in that season, like we want more of that, but we didn't get it. And like, this mm-hmm. is different, but like this whole season is just interconnected. So, even like you think of season three when you've got um the the whole Mexico plot that leads into. Saunders and that Amador in the middle, like, you know, kind of, they're not all super connected. Even season one with like Drazen and the, um, the guy in the beginning, uh, Mm -hmm. the the compound, that sort of stuff. It's more like somebody's working. Gaines. Thank you. Somebody's working for someone and you know, it kind of there, but like this whole season is just like everyone from episode one through to episode 24, the villains are all basically in the one group. They're the Toronto Maple Leafs basically. They're just a team. Um, and they play like the Toronto Maple Leafs too, always making mistakes. (laughs) Um, so I think that's what's really good. And I, I I kinda like how that works out. But yeah, like I think what works I'm with you with Will and Devane. It, it kinda reminds me of um Goldeneye when uh Brosnan and Natalia that are kidnapped by what General Domitian is like that's the problem with people these days, you know. Never interrogation, you know, just straight to the blah 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 blah. Like with like, you first. Um who would you rather say? Th- this,
1: this, I was gonna say I thought you meant this is like how the scene ends where Omar's like, we're going to execute him for war crimes. He tastes like strawberries.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't know. I would. Nah. um, But actually, I I would love to see that sort of bit there. Willem Devane licking Omar or the other way around. Oh,
1: Casper's here. He's escaped. Casper, hello. Hi, Casper. Is it a winner? Yes, what do you want? What do you want? (laughs) He's come to kill you. You want what? A towel. some food. You want some chips and food. Okay, well, mommy has them. Go upstairs. He wants to go for a run. Don't try to run on the treadmill. Don't try to run on the treadmill. Get him a bike, Colin. All right, thank you, (laughs) Casper. Get him a bike. Uh, Okay, there we go. All right, Casper.
0: He's climbing the treadmill. I'm climbing. Uh, I'm
1: climbing. (laughs) All (laughs) right, Uh, you can go back upstairs now. Thank you. Close the door.
0: That kid scares me.
1: Uh, I'll be upstairs later. Don't worry. Okay? One of these
0: days, he's just going to walk in and stab you. And I'm just I know. like, fuck. Colin just <laughs> died on the Oz Network and I'll probably go to jail. It's,
1: after he stabs me, what's he going to say?
0: It's a winner, which I don't oh, That's <laughs> <laughs> the that's <a> wrong button. <laughs> after he stabs you, what's he going to say? <laughs> um, joke of the week. But um, yeah, I think it just, it's he's great. Sort of his chemistry that he has with the terrorists. And I, Kim Raver. Like, how great is she? Like, I think it's- You get fear from her. And that's, and like, this is the beauty of Kim Raver, is that in the third watch fans would criticize her, like she cries, all this sort of stuff. like But like, the thing with Kim Raver is, like, I can see your point about Natalie Portman crying all the time. I'm not as negative as you are, but like, she cries a lot. and Yeah, okay, I get it. But like- Kim Raver does it in a believable way where, like, you always yeah. feel, And I, I, I hated the criticism of her in Third Watch for that because, like, every time she's crying, there's a reason for her to be crying. Like, I mean, you know, it's not just like, oh, here's Kim Raver, make her cry. Like, uh, you know, it's like she's good at it and you are genuinely fearful for her and what mm-hmm. is happening to her right now. And that speech that is and- that giving where he's just basically like, you know, you, you always listen, do whatever they say. Like, you know, even if they kill me, you do as they say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and what you said about, like, everybody, uh, all these villains kind of being connected, that's something that, yeah, we've had it in every season, but they reveal it so slowly, and this is why the Araz family being revealed right away, Omar being revealed by episode two. Having that connection, the henchmen and all that, this is a terrorist cell, and yeah. that's something that, that, that's important for the season. This is the way it is in real life. You have people who are just sleeper agents, you know, they're their family living in the suburbs with the white girlfriend and all that, and then you have random i think he's supposed to be white guy henchman who's just in on it with them and then you have the guy who's living in a bunker like a terrorist cell is all these dozens of people who all have their one role to play and they nail it in these first two episodes and i think what season four does
0: well is we we know we're 24 that it's it's not written from episode one to 24 things develop they change things i would almost argue season four is the most rounded season that it all feels connected. There's definitely stuff that doesn't. Like, I'm not saying it's perfect, but, I mean, maybe this in season one, like, you know, you had that lull in season one of episodes, but I think in hindsight, if you didn't know that's how they did it, you'd still feel it's connected. Even the great season five, I have complaints and issues with how they deal with the massive twists that season because once you know it's coming, it doesn't really make sense for the first half of it. Mm. Um, Whereas this season, like Richard Heller, for example, you know, what we're going to get with him over the next few weeks, you're kind of like, well, what was the point of that? But then when they bring him back later, I, I for one second do not believe that was the plan with this character, but it kind of makes sense in what they did with him earlier, if that makes sense. Anyway, I I love the ending though. I I love this It's because this is timely, this shot of him with the the gag in his mouth, yeah. the, the flag. Like if people remember sort of back to this period, this was when – it was a big thing where a lot of American soldiers were getting kidnapped over in Iraq and Afghanistan and were being beheaded and sort of videos leaked out to the internet. And this is sort of what a few years before ISIS with that uh, black flag with the white mm-hmm. sort of writing. So like I think what I really like about the ending, it's it's confronting because this was very topical. This was a thing at the time that was shocking. I, I remember being in grade 11 and I think it was Nick Berg was his name, the first real famous one of the the American soldier getting beheaded. And, you know, this was something that you shouldn't be seeing at school, but it was shared around and there it was, you know, you see it and it's, it's disgusting. And so this is like very confronting. And I think that's kind of what works with this. And this is obviously the ending night one, you tune in tomorrow night on Fox and I would have been tuning in.
1: And this is also, um, I mean, timely just in the sense that, when we were even entering season three, you know, America was still on board with, let's support the the president, let's support the military with Afghanistan and all that. It was Iraq, which I believe would have come about, was it in the middle of season three, I think? Uh, Iraq
0: was 2003, so so yeah, around about then, yeah.
1: Yeah, but like, this is the first time they're kind of addressing what was going on in real life at this point, which is the American public was sort of on board with, maybe our own government should be tried with war crimes. Like maybe they're no longer in the right. We were behind them a year ago. We're not behind them now. And you
0: definitely feel the vibe of this season because as I keep saying, this is the torture season. Um, <laughs> so you definitely know what was topical about <laughs> Americans and doing with prisoners and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And I think it's always important to kind of point that out with what's topical because, you know, like we're what, 21 years removed from nine eleven, uh, The war on terror still is a thing, but you know, it's not something that's front and center around minds as it was 20 years ago. And we all remember what that was like for a good, pretty much the entire two thousands. That's what it was. So, um, and I think again, we've talked about it. This is what made this show so popular. Is, and that's why I think they do what they do with Jack because it's like Americans need a hero. Americans need someone mm-hmm. who could walk up to Osama bin Laden, grab him by his stupid beard and shit in his mouth. Like, and they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, America. Like well, Richard Hillary has a line in this episode. Like, this is America. The right name, yeah. I can say what I want,
1: America. <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah, I think kind of it is important to always point out that this is relevant for the time and that's what, what made it so, uh, well, in this case, confronting.
1: So one of the small complaints I'm going to have about this episode is more so for the fact that it originally aired where these episodes were back-to-back. And I have to imagine that they didn't know how it was going to air when they started filming because there's at least a couple minutes of beginning this episode that's let's recap everything that happened last week because people probably don't remember. And me watching this a week after last week's episode, you know, I'm like, okay, but then I stopped and thought about the fact it's like this was airing Two minutes later, after a commercial break. Yeah. So there is a lot of like, okay, this is what happened, like uh, at CTU. All right. So do we have any information on the secretary who was just kidnapped?
0: Yeah, I just, I just, I, I, agree with that because like I think I mentioned last week that of the 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 seasons that did this, this is the weakest. I think of the first four. Like I mean, I love the cliffhangers and they're good, but like you can't top what you're going to get next season and season six. Like they to yeah. me are the the peak of what you have this four episode two night premiere that yeah. just would always be a 24 thing from this point on. But um, yeah, I think you're right. Like I don't know if they knew and if they did, well, they definitely improved from the next season onwards.
1: Yeah. Cause there's no way if they knew that these episodes would be literally airing back to back as one, two hour episode, they would start it with Driscoll, can I have everybody's attention just to recap y'all last week, the, the secretary was abducted. Uh, it's just, it's a pointless scene. Uh, if you were watching this, at least 2004, um, talking about pointless Sarah. Um, this is going to be a, a point of frustration. They really have no clue. They haven't even made her one of the main cast members yet, which is the most random thing that'll happen in a couple of weeks, but they still have no idea what to do with her because she's here and she's basically, Giving Edgar advice, saying, "Oh, you need to hack into it. Hack into what? Like I don't even know what." And then the only other thing she does in this episode is she sort of questions Curtis: Does Driscoll know you're going to be uh, interrogating and giving a lie detector test to the the secretary's son? Um, is what is her point in this season? Like, I feel like they signed. An actress wrote a character in and said, We'll figure it out in week four, or week five, or I think it's probably even more like week seven or eight.
0: I think it's just with any season, with any CTU people, you just have the hit and miss, and hopefully one will filter through. This season, Curtis filters through, you know, and because yeah. I'd argue, like, I, I don't disagree with you. I would argue that right now they don't know what they're doing with Curtis either. Because like, is he a guy yeah. who just works in the office? Is he a torture? He's gonna to be an agent later on. Like, I mean, you just you never know what's happening with Curtis. Um, but yeah, I think the thing with Sarah, like I I like I like her. And I again she's like Richard. I feel sorry for her, even more so than Richard, because god damn it, she's got some lawsuits at the end of this season for against yeah. CTU, <laughs> till when Michelle comes in. So yeah, like it, it is a bit frustrating. But again, like the argument can be made that last season we had it with Adam. You know, like and uh, just you get these hit and miss characters. I mean, like at least four more from the future seasons of CTU people. You're like, I oh, remember that random person. Again, Milo's yeah. coming back, Kyle. Milo. <laughs> um, so he didn't come in from season six to format files. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know, like she she's just she's likable, but she is kind of pointless. But then you mm-hmm. feel bad for her because she's also gonna be in this torture train this season. Don't forget
1: that. She'll also be on covert affairs in a few years as well. Good for uh, they, they, they really loved 24. Um, but, uh, I mean, most of what happens at CTU minus when Jack will cover when Jack leaves is his own thing. Uh, another thing that airing these episodes back to back, I don't think it would work nearly as well is that secretary and Audrey have just been kidnapped. And the first time we have Jack right after uh, Aaron makes the announcement, he's on the phone. is like, yes. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right, I'll call you later. He's Thanks, bye. He's on the bye. phone too. <laughs> like, he's about
0: I know. This is what I was going to Like He's about five phone calls this episode where he's all like, and I don't want law enforcement. I want secret service. And the next minute he's like, oh, get Penny onto it. She'll fix it. And like, oh, no, I'm out and doing this. Like, who? Like, I didn't realize. Like, I guess it's DOD because we're going to sort of get a big thing this season with with Heller and it's DOD. So, like. Okay, so is Jack a DOD employee, a DOD employee? Like, it's just, I, I don't know. Like, who's he talking to? I don't think Jack Bowles not somebody who should have staff. Like, <laughs> I said, cream to- on that bagel and two <laughs> sugars. Get it right.
1: I just wanted to end where it's like, all right, yeah, okay. So um, we don't want law enforcement involved. All right, and the secretary, um, let's try to get a location on as soon as possible. Okay. So how are chasing and the, the kids? Yeah. Like, I just wanted to be a... <laughs> It's like oh, not bad. It's like oh yeah, yeah. You got the pool, pool's all set up, ready to go for the summer. Yeah, good. Did you go with the uh, red,
0: red, red, red upholstery? Like I said, oh yeah, good. yeah.
1: Blue pillows would work really oh, well with that. Yep. Oh no, no, don't do that plastic over the furniture thing. You know that's very dated. That's you know Samsung. Good, good, good quality material will stand the test of time. Samsung um, finally, LCD. LCD, yeah. You know what? You can binge watch The Desperate Housewives on that. Um, it, it will be like nothing you've ever seen before. Oh,
0: no. HD DVD uh, won't work. Blu-ray. Get
1: Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yes. Yes. And ditch the Betamax while you're at it. Come yes, on. Yes. It's 2004. <laughs> um, Nokia but 3310. <laughs> but yeah, like he's he's so calm on this phone conversation. It's just, this would not be Jack Bauer and it isn't Jack Bauer. I think that's where it's, it's not even just that this being a two-part premiere that uh, it's frustrating. It's because you've seen the man shoot somebody in the leg and, and yeah, go to extremes and he's about to basically con his way into CTU because he's so desperate to save Heller and Audrey and he's just constantly on the phone. All right. Okay. So just checking in. Uh, it's just, it's inconsistent writing or inconsistent performing. And it also makes
0: no sense that the end of last week you get Secretary of Defense. that's a target, right? So from that point, Erin, who's like, yo, stand down, Jack, stand down, Jack. She's gone, oh, secretary, all right, meeting everybody. Come on, gather around, gather around. Yeah. Let Jack go make a couple of phone calls, to which 10 minutes later she's like, Jack, you're under arrest. Like, I mean, shouldn't yeah. it be the first thing that happened. This was anyone else. Exactly. You are getting, det- if I walked in to the FBI and just was like, I know these guys are banged, he told you the thing. I'm going to be pinned to the ground and arrested. I don't care who I am. Like, if Jack Bowell's able to make How- phone calls.
1: How many phone calls did What's-Her-Name that, that killed Stephen Saunders make last season? Exactly. allowed
0: oh, to? Exactly. Remember her? <laughs> God, <that's, laughs> oh, don't get me started. But it's just like, and again, he's Jack. We love him and all this other sort of stuff. But it's just, where's the show that's nitpicking bullshit because it's got to be nitpicked. This is just, you know, like, I bet you if Curtis did it, well, we know how things will be different with <laughs> Curtis did it.
1: <laughs> Cops have pinned him down. I can't breathe. <laughs> exactly. Come on um i mean most of what happens at the ctu here is just uh, the ctu it's just jack trying to con his way in here um i mean he's detained chloe comes in to talk to him privately i don't want driscoll knowing i'm in here uh, like driscoll has access to all the cameras like, this is where i'm like chloe's really dumb it's kind of like last week when i was saying where edgar you don't have to use your your last name o'brien out like she just says things that don't make sense she, she talks to jack she gives him the information they call andrew page um so this is where Jack's on the phone with him saying, OK, we will come and get you. We will come you. We will find you. Uh, and uh, uh, what are you wearing? <laughs> Take off your clothes. <laughs> um, so now Jack's got the information. He's let out. He storms into the boardroom meeting that they have with all the department heads with Paula still trying to sneak her way in. <laughs> and um, he's like, Aaron, you're going to let me back in. This is the way it's going to happen she knows it's chloe i mean she obviously knows it's chloe but like she's trying to hide it and even when jack comes down and he's immediately going to talk to chloe good news driscoll went for it she goes all right i just don't want my boss aaron driscoll knowing it was me that told you Like, chloe just makes no sense to me in these first couple episodes i don't know if she'll make sense later on either uh but with jack kind of conning his way in here i mean she's gonna give him like provisional reinstatement and she's not to. To.
0: give him Colin like I mean yeah you know.
1: <laughs> but 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 she basically says okay you're gonna work with Ronnie LaBelle but you take orders you don't call the shots I and mean, I understand Aaron um she immediately goes to Chloe I said Chloe I know it was you uh and I, I was really on team Aaron here I'm like Aaron hasn't done anything wrong the, the only logic they have to let's take over CTU uh, is, oh, well, you gave her the information. She said, hand it off to the FBI. She didn't say ignore it. She didn't say delete the file. She said, hand it off to the FBI. We're working on something I saw right now. It's important. And I'm glad that Driscoll brought that up to Chloe. And even Chloe was like, yeah, you're right. I should have come to you. I should have given you a second chance. Like you were doing a job. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree with most I, I, I stand on the fact that uh, Aaron Driscoll is the most uh, useless head of CTU we will ever get. I, I Like just in terms of, I don't think she's very good at a job sometimes because- like, yeah, I agree with you. Like she didn't ignore it, but I mean, you know, there's things are connected, she should be following it more. But at the same time, this is a a key frustration I will have as this show gets worse and worse with it. Again, this is I love this show and this is Ben just nitpicking. It's the constant need for Jack and Chloe and the gang that we're meant to love to work against the man because, you know, they're not listening. They're just throwing their toys out of the prank because Chloe literally is just like, I don't agree with what she's doing and I trust you. Well, again, how? You barely know each other at this point, so let's just force that relationship down our throat. We're glad because we love it. It's the best relationship we get in the show probably, but at the time it's like, huh? But, like, literally in any other workplace, would you not just go, like, Aaron, like, look, I, I I respect your decision, but seriously, now he's called me, and this is what's happened, and we really need to relook this situation. Versus, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call the president on you, Aaron. If you don't yeah. do what I say, like, I mean, it's just it comes across as unprofessional and narky, and just and this this is a thing we get so many of these storylines moving forward in future seasons where it's just it gets frustrating because you're just like, why do you have to work against the the government? Like, just go to them and ask them; they'll help you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's an overdone thing in spy movies, TV shows where, you know, you, the rogue agent on their own. I mean, I love the mission impossible movies. I mean, next to star Wars and James Bond, I think it's the greatest franchise that's ever existed, but the mission impossible movies have fair criticism where it's like, well, how many times can you do? Ethan hunt has to work on his own because nobody's believing him. Um, it's not even just the 24 thing. This has been overdone in so many other forms of like spy tv shows movies everything else video games that it's old i mean it's not even fresh in 24 let alone fresh in the genre it's even 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 more overdone so i'm i'm already kind of frustrated with this it sounds like you are as well um yeah
0: it's and it's i mean you make a solid point about chloe um but i think it's a transitioning period with her and kind of changing her into the character that we are obviously going to love but it's I mean, it's it's the the problem with criticizing it. It's still entertaining. It's not like yeah, you know, we're just being that podcast of nitpicking things. And I'm sure if you had the writers on, well, they're you know they're like guys. It's you know a network show from 2004. This is how things were. Like, I mean, we're also looking at it a different lens, you know, from how we watch TV today. But like, it's it's still entertaining. And you got to get Jack out there. You got to get Jack doing Jack things. Jack's got a Jack. So yeah, uh, and he's got to go out there with Ronnie Lavell who <laughs> can I say goes from like. You cross me, I'll shoot you too. So how's your life in, in five seconds? But
1: you know what? <laughs> so, I mean, that's the next thing we're going to talk well, we'll about. You've already mentioned it. Richard Heller is being interrogated and he says, this is America. Um, Which yeah, like, we'll, I
0: have a problem with this. Sorry to jump in because like this is the problem with so much of the torture in this season. Why do you go straight away from like having this guy in a room to not like, can't you just say to him? Okay, so Richard, um, thanks for coming in. We've got some questions for you. Um, We just need to get some through to you. Uh, And then ask him first: why do they go from zero to we're going to connect him to a lie detector test and we're not even going to tell him? And we're just going to, like, that's the issue. And then we're going to, it's going to get worse. Like, this is just comes across, I can see why this show gets so much complaints or torture at this point because it's just, it's needless and weird. Like, just ask him questions. His dad and sister just got kidnapped.
1: Uh, like, I can kind of understand the lie detector only because it's it's a little bit suspicious when everybody's taken but him and the only reason they were there was because he was there. So I could get that they would connect the dots and be like, listen, the only way that they could have taken the secretary is by planning no, this. I- and the only way they could have planned it by is no, he's at Richard Heller's. So the li- at this point, he's not being tortured. I mean, I'll I'll be with you in another week, but uh, but I, at this point, literally just lie detector.
0: I, I get that, but like it's still a case of like if if right now you walked upstairs and Jamie and the kids are dead, Casper did it. Um, like but like <laughs> but like, but like but the thing is like even though you are a hundred percent innocent, you've been here the whole time unless you come up with some really cool plan and good on you. But like the cops are not going to bring you into a room and straight away go, put him in a light attack. They're going to sit you down and question you first. And then if they yeah. doubt you, then they're going to pursue it further. Like innocent until proven guilty. My issue is, again, it's a TV show, got to move the plot forward. And it's all like, oh, is he evil? Is he really involved in something? I get it. But like, it's just, they go from zero to a hundred so quickly. And like, mm-hmm. that's my problem with it. And I think that this is where the torture in this season goes too far because it's just like, they just go so quick to it. Like, it's like straight away like, okay, Richard Hill, okay, bring him in and torture him. Like, yeah. you know, God help him, this guy wasn't white. Seriously. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, I'm going to disagree with you here on the Ronnie LaBelle thing, not just because he was the Canadian hero uh, publicized, but I, I actually really love the fact that Ronnie basically says to Jack, listen, I don't think you should have done that. You know, if you cross me, I'll kill you or whatever. Uh, and then he's like, so how are things... Yeah. You enjoying life outside of CTU. I actually really love that. And this is where I'm not going to say they made the wrong call by killing off Ronnie. I think that's one of, that was what they were going for. One of the twists, they introduced this character. You're really meant to believe that this will be a show about Jack having to work with this new partner, almost like chase, but Jack's now the underling. And then they just, they literally kill him off in, in a you know, couple of minutes here. But I love that you have this transition of him just like, it's just work for me, you know? And we've, we've talked about it in so many other things. Like when you're in this type of job, this type of environment, this, this line of work, it is all just a job to you. So Ron LaBelle would probably be the time to be like, listen, I'll kill you if you ever do this again. All right. So how are things like, this is, I love the, I love the kind of, you know, just guy talk they have in the car here. And, and even Jack with the, you know, Oh, she did me a favor by letting me go. You know, I wanted to have a life and he goes, well, how's that working out for you? How's your life going? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. It's going, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's kind of just a fun scene that it, it's, it, it 100% was meant to lead you to believe that there was going to be more between these guys. And then they cut it short. Cause really what happens is that they get to the train station. They're looking for Andrew page. He calls him and then, he, he, Oh, I'm already here because henchman is posing as Jack Bauer. And there's a bit of a chase down. Um, Ronnie LaBelle gets shot after Jack. Now here's where, again, I disagree with Jack. Jack's being like, Oh, there's the car. Wait, Let's not stop them. Let's follow them. Like at this point, yes, I get that your end game is you need to find the secretary, but like how many other seasons have we gone through where you do just get the suspect? and You question them. Like if, if this is something that Jack had always done, no, trust me, it never works out by questioning them. You always have to follow them. Then I would get it. But he basically is responsible for Ronnie dying here because their whole you know thing disrupts. Uh, let's find him, and then Ronnie gets shot. And I also love Jack here, where Jack's been handcuffed, and he's like, uh, "Give me the keys." You know, it's the only way. He gives him the keys, and Jack, who is like, "We need to follow them," is then like, "All right, I could follow them, or I could stop." And Ronnie, are you okay? Are you okay, Ronnie? Do you need CPR? <laughs> it makes no sense that Jack is just going to basically—he, this man's dead because Jack was saying, "We can't wait. Let's follow him." And then when he's like, we need to follow him, I'm going to stop and see if I can give him CPR when he doesn't even do that. He just listens and he's dead. But I think it is a great twist that you have a character that we've sat through, Sarah and Curtis, and even at this point, Edgar, where you're like, why are they here? What's their purpose? What's their job? And you have one character that they get a few moments to you where like, oh, this is going to be a relationship on the show. This is going to be Jack's new chase, but with a twist. And then boom, you kill him in episode two.
0: Um... I disagree. I think the thing that I had the problem with the scene is it just, again, it goes from one direction to another at the blink of an eye. Like you literally have him,
1: get my fucking way, I'm
0: going to fucking cute. So how are the kids? Like, I mean, it just, like, have some level of bridging gap to get to that point. And I don't know if I ever really saw it that this was going to develop somewhere. I, I don't know. Like, I just, I... I always kind of felt he was more disposable and maybe that's just the, I don't know who the fuck this guy is and your Canadian hero. I don't know. Reminds me of um, remembering like the very like first couple of episodes of season one, Walsh, the guy, who's the one who sits down yeah. with Jack and then he gets killed.
1: Jack's mentor or whatever. Yeah.
0: Like it kind of reminds me a bit of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I also would disagree in the fact that I think Jack is right because I think if anything, he's questioning the ability of CTU without him to get information out of people because how badly they failed with the guy in the first episode. Um, so I think, but, but
1: yeah, here, here's my rebuttal to that. Jack is the one who said, okay, Andrew, we're going to come get you. We're going to protect you. We're going to bring you in. We're going to question you. If Jack had said at any point, listen, we really should just have one scene setting up. We should at least consider the possibility that we tail Andrew and we let them catch him. But it's like, spur the, Jack, it was your plan to bring the kid in. And you never said before, hey, we should wait until we could tail him. So it's not like following them is the only option. It was your plan two seconds ago to bring the kid in and question him. Yeah, I get that.
0: And I don't disagree with that. But I also think it's a split decision field moment where you've got to do that. You sometimes all of a sudden assess the situation. go, Well, hang on a minute. He's kidnapping. Where's he taking him? This could lead us to the secretary. And then basically if it doesn't and he just takes him to, I don't know, Denny's down the street, then you move in then. Like, I mean, you know, you kind of, it's not, uh, you know, like it's not a lose-lose, like it's kind of, you, you're either way. Um, I think kind of that way. I, I mean, Jack does get him killed. Poor old Ronnie Bell. Oh, no, not Ronnie. Oh, no, Ronnie. Um, But I, I, do, I do love it when he's like bang, 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 bang. Ronnie, Ronnie, where have you been hit? All right, cool. Now give me the keys. Ronnie, yeah. you know this is the only way. We're gonna just give me the keys, please, Ronnie. Please give me the keys. All right, you did. De- uh, yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna go after him. <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> uh, the time we get next week. I'm pretty sure that like, we just get him, like calling up Aaron is just like. Aaron, Ronnie's dead. I'm after him. By the way, thanks for giving my job yeah. back. I expect, uh, you know, a pension. I expect dental. Um, <laughs> you gave me provisional status. Because um, you like, uh, what's her face? I heard that the um, Liz Truss, the 49-day UK Prime Minister, she's Prime Minister for 49 days and she will now for the rest of her life still get like £150,000 a year. Just for the rest of her I life. I want that job. Just because she was prime minister for like less time than most Australians play Survivor. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, politics Oz coming soon to the Oz Network. Um. But I mean, it's. I like this whole setup in the train station. Um, you know, Natalie Portman's boyfriend kind of, it's a cool little area. I, I love it when uh, our terrorist henchman guy here is like, I'm Jack Bauer. I'm here to get you. Come with me. Come with me if you want to live.
1: You just talk to the guy on the phone. How does he not recognize this isn't the voiceover over the phone? But I, I do love the way that Lucas Haas kind of looks at him. I just like when to go like, you're not white. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> racist. <laughs> oh, my. so you, you're saying that somebody of my ethnicity can't, to be a ctu agent <laughs> no look at you you're the ones who they trying to stop you're racist bang um it's 2004 people thought that way um i lost the point of that it's rip ronnie
1: yeah poor ronnie um uh a trivia for this week is not very good uh, i love this one during commercial breaks yeah. throughout the premiere event, 24 fans got a burst of nostalgia when Dennis Haysbert <laughs> was the official spokesperson of Allstate Insurance. Allstate sponsored 24 throughout the fourth season.
0: I love I love uh, I love the fact that we never talk about IMDB. How you it shows a little thing underneath it. Uh, you know, a certain amount of people found this interesting.
1: I love here. Yeah, fifteen of
0: seventeen found this interesting. So, like two people wow. have gone, No, oh, that's not interesting.
1: No. And 15 people go, Yeah, that's interesting tell me more um I, I love this other one here the arrivals departures board in the train station has the numbers eight slash four on it possibly suggesting this day takes place on august 4th possibly not conclusively um i'm pretty sure this is uh
0: i was reading a trivia that this is meant to take place on a saturday um, what was
1: the saturday august 4th uh, or it was August 4th, 2000. Well, it's also not 2004. So I guess the, yeah, we can't really look at it.
0: Yeah. We, we never really go on the level of, of the timeline of this. Cause yeah, I think this is a few, we, we are generally years in advance. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't have any other cause I actually don't have the book with me. It's still in a box waiting to be sent up to me. So uh, I'm without the book for a couple of weeks.
1: I I'm going to dispute the fact that it's on a Saturday because I don't know any workplace where all the key people are working the Saturday shift at 7. AM <laughs> well, um, true. Saturday, Saturday shifts. Like you may have one or two people there, but uh, you're not going to have that. That's that's at least Aaron Driscoll's day off.
0: I think, I think the, the trivia came down to the fact that cause like Debbie and Behrouz aren't at school and it's like, well, it could be school oh, holidays. Yeah. Um, yeah so, it's summer break. Yeah, exactly. So who knows?
1: Um, I, I'm going to uh, repeat what I said last week. I, transferred the wrong file that had all my rankings, from my old computer, new computer. I forgot to dig it up when I was on my old computer. So I won't have a ranking this week, but um, like last week, I'm still going to buy this one. It's, it's very enjoyable. Uh, There are parts that are redundant, but uh, I don't think it's the fault of uh, the writers or the producers uh, or John Kassar or Kiefer Sutherland, or it might be, it might be uh, Sarah's fault, but um uh, it's definitely Debbie's fault. Let's say it's Debbie's fault. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's still a buy for me. And, um, I, I, you already know going into this when you're going to be the first episode, but just from my memories of 24, like I don't remember anything that like I absolutely dislike for the entire season. I'm not predicting. I'm not going to bid an episode this season. I mean, I only been one last year though. So you might be surprised.
0: Uh, I'm buying it too. So this is 11 in a row for me. Um, oh, that I
1: look out, Nick, he's coming for your record.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll just say, no, I'm not going to spoil it because there's a few streaks that happen on certain things with this. Um, I think my longest streak that will happen in this show might be a streak of bins, but uh, we'll get to that eventually. But, yeah, no, it's it's a solid episode. It's entertaining. It's got some good stuff in it. Um, it's Yeah, I still think last week is a better episode. But, I mean, I also just – can I just talk about the cliffhanger again? I just, I just love that shot of, like, hella with the – the flag behind him and just it's just still like nearly 20 years later still something that just you look at it and go damn that's a bit like confronting so yeah um i am going to rank this at uh number 30 so i've got this one spot below the pilot and one spot ahead of season 3 episode 19 which i think was that that Wait, was
1: huh you the pilot is like in the 30s for you
0: the pilot is at 29 right now uh, oh, so I,
1: I can't see my rankings. It might be,
0: yeah. Uh, but um, no, so I have this at 30th, uh, overall out of 74 episodes so far.
1: Uh, and I didn't watch ahead for any of next week, uh, but you you've watched all of it. Uh, do you have any teases or we, let's we want to read the IMDB? Uh, I I'll, can, up IMDb. Uh,
0: the well, the I got the 24 wiki one. Um, yeah, look, from. I'll just say this right now. Next week, my buy streak comes to an end.
1: Oh, um, spoiler. But
0: it's also not the first bin in a while. So, uh, But there's, there's some there's stuff. And I think the problem I have with next week, it's more of the problem the week after. It's the ending and it's just one of these like Jack Bauer things. Jack's got a Jack and it's just so stupid, Um, which is worse the week after. But, um, yeah. Uh, and then needless torture and s- stuff like that. So, um, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some stuff to like. It's not a terrible episode, but uh, I can, if the synopsis, if I can actually get it and it's not so spoilerish, uh, Jack pursues a key suspect the family deals with a possible issue. Ooh, that's the most open-ended. Next week on the show, something might happen. Um, They're out of milk. <laughs> Secretary. <laughs> Did I asked you to get 2%? Um, Secretary. <laughs> <laughs> Slaps her. Secretary Hill and his daughter held hostage. Oh, spoiler. We didn't know that. Uh, while the terrorists plan to put him on trial. This, this week's episode, uh, Jack has to go to extremes to prevent a suspect from getting on the road. That is where I'm going to have a problem.
1: Okay. Oh, oh, this is the one? Uh, it.
0: Yep. It's the beginning of that next oh, episode. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: Looking forward to it. Um. All right. So, stay tuned for uh, more 24. Uh, Breaking Bad is over and done with. Lost is uh nearly. just nearly over and done with. Uh, And uh, Men in Black Month was fun while it lasted. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. Fun <laughs> while it lasted. Uh, but hopefully we've got other things coming up soon. Uh, we're getting close to Christmas. We're going to do something for Christmas. Um, it might be oh, Are you inviting Rocky. me
0: over to your house? Oh,
1: you know, I invited Rocky last year. He never showed. Um, so oh, well, I'm mean, glad I got the invite. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, you're free to come. I figured last year it no, would have been a little son, bit too expensive for kill you. Me. Exactly. That's, that's why you never come to a Christmas at the building. Somebody always ends up dead. Uh, Thank you for joining us. My name is Colin, and I can say what I want. This is the Oz Network. Fuck
0: you. Literally, I changed that to (laughs) say that at the end, and then you do that sort of crap. Um, And my name is... Ben, and I don't even know what I've written here. You're not listening to me. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes